do all the weird ones have to fly at night? Don't ask us. We're just the disenfranchised podcast, that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and joining me as always, the man who knows what you have to do to get that picture from that morgue attendant, it's Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Hello, Stephen. How are you this evening? Doing all right, my friend. Doing That's all fabulous. right. How about yourself? I love that. You know, I'm okay. Right on. I'm good. There's a lot right of there's a lot of snow here, man. It's snowing. same. Big same. A lot. It's it's yeah. been snowing pretty constantly since uh, since about like Saturday. So yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. We only got about five inches, but I think we got about two or three. Yeah. And even I think further further away from the lake, I think they got more. But but here in the city, we got uh, we got uh, a little a little less. So yeah, yeah. I have to take the snow thrower out tomorrow. I hate that fucking thing. I can't blame it's made, you. Dude. It's made for a man twice my size because it's like a, an industrial one. It's not like one you buy for your house because sure. it belongs to the campground, obviously. Right. And it's made for a man at least twice my size. Someone more like a Brett. Yeah, I struggle with it and yeah. like the force that it takes to hold down the triggers on the the handles mm-hmm. like gives me cramps in my hands and stuff and like I'm I'm not a weak dude. I wouldn't say I'm a strong dude, but I'm certainly not a weak dude. But that thing fucking it it's out of control, man. It's really heavy. It's hard to use. It sucks. Yeah, I believe. I mean, look, dude, I I've always been a, better than shoveling, though. Better I was going to say, I've always been the guy that you just throw a shovel in my hand and then I just fuck go. shoveling, fuck I, shoveling. I, I got really good at it when I was a homeowner and I haven't had mm. to do it in a few years and I don't miss it. I got to say, oh, boy, don't That's hard on your back. It's hard it. on my back, at least it is. And my back's already not doing great because I've I've been I've been carrying boxes and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, dude. Lifting yeah, with your back instead of your legs, Stephen. What I tell you about that? Uh, you know, I'm I'm also you know carrying around more weight than I probably should. But and speaking of Brett, he uh, he got on a late flight out of a tiny airport in the middle of nowhere. We wish him a happy, safe, and speedy return. Uh, but until then, Tucker, you and I are desperately avoiding talking about the movie <laughs> that we're talking about tonight. Fuck this movie. This is week two of the Kinganing, the drawing of three, wherein we talk about three uh, Stephen King adaptations. Last week, we talked about uh, the great film Christine with our friend Rachel Reeves. This week, pretty good. A, a significantly less good film, I would say. Uh, Tucker, what are we covering this week? We are covering 1997's HBO Presents The Night Flyer. Stephen King's The Night Flyer. Mark Pavia's Stephen King's The Night Flyer. <laughs> Directed by who? Mark Pavia. Mark who? who? Pavia. Yeah. Who? And written by Pavia and Jack Who O'Donnell. Who? Uh, starring Miguel Ferrer and a veritable Who's That hey. of an ensemble cast, including Julie Entwistle. Dan Monahan, Michael H. Moss, Don Bennis, Beverly Skinner, Rob Wilds, Richard K. Olson, and a bunch of other people most of you have probably never heard of. What a cast, Tucker. What a picture. 
Hey man, I love Miguel Ferrer. He's I do fantastic. Too. I love him in everything, and even though I hated this character, I can respect that he was doing a fantastic job in this movie. There is the the scene in which he is uh, impersonating the FBI agent. I got a little bit excited because it seemed like he was channeling Albert Rosenfeld <laughs> yeah, from Twin dude. Peaks for a little bit. And I just got <laughs> really excited because I'm like, oh, it's Albert. And then he, and then he was back to to playing Richard D's, Richard Nuts D's. Um, D's Nuts. Uh, basically, as, I mean, it is pretty much impossible to not... Because uh, everyone's calling his character D's the whole movie. So they call it's, him by his last name. <laughs> the whole fucking movie. I mean, it's 1997. Who's going to know that that's going to become a thing in like 20 to 30 it's years? It's been a thing, man. Like, I, Since the first, 1997? The, the first D's nuts joke that I ever heard in mainstream media, not just uh-huh. amongst friends years before this, but 1992's The Chronic. By Dr. Oh. Dre, Snoop Dogg does a really bad D's. He doesn't even do it right. It's like, <laughs> I love you, Snoop. But like, what the fuck is your D's nuts joke? Because so. Well, I D's mean, if he's, joke, if he's the first one to use it, how can he be doing it wrong? Well, he's not the first one to use it. It's the first time that I heard it in mainstream media. Ah. Like I said, I it's something that you said as a, as a kid. It was a funny thing. It was a joke. It was like, uh, that's what she said with the kids today or I was going to say, I don't even think think the kids are doing that anymore, but yeah, understood. But at, at one point they were, they were, but, but these nuts was a thing before 1992. I'm just saying that's the first time I heard it like Uh. out in, in the real world outside of just the friend groups and stuff. And a D's nuts joke, you have to end it with D's. Uh, like you'd say, uh, homie, are you going out to ride on some D's? D's nuts? <laughs> but so when Snoop Dogg does it, though, in the chronic, it's terrible because he calls up this girl, right? He calls up this girl and he's like, hey, hey, what you doing? Like they have a little bit of small talk and he's like, hey, 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 uh, what's his name? Get a hold of you. And she's like, who? And he says, D's nuts. <laughs> and it's like Snoop, like, uh, uh, that's a good effort, but I don't think you understood the assignment, unfortunately. In fairness, in fairness, he had probably been putting the the theme of the song into Mass Effect up to that point. <laughs> and so I think I think we can forgive Snoop this indiscretion. Uh, yeah um, oh I, yeah i forgive him for sure can, but still it's just a really weird example because that's i mean it might have been in other records or maybe even a movie or two before that it's just not anything that i have experienced sure and i mean i i think we could also speaking of forgiveness probably forgive stephen king for when he wrote this story in 1988 or at least published it in 1988 uh not not having any familiarity with a d's nuts joke or reference so <laughs> um that's I if I ever meet Stephen King, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. If I ever meet Stephen King, I'll be like, he hey, will man. probably look you dead <laughs> in the eye and go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, hey, man, you remember Night Flyer? He'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, uh, what was that? What was that character's name? Uh, the main guy? What they, they always call him? He'd be like, uh, 
D's. <laughs> Richard say, D's. D's nuts. And that would I just walk away after that. Just walk away in the other direction. Here's the thing. I'm sure you would not be the first person <laughs> to do that. No, probably not. Maybe probably not. I don't not. I, I'm, I'm sure he's aware of the reference at this point. At this point, I would hope so. I mean, he is he is a cultural icon. But again, I think even if he's not, I think we could probably forgive him. But he is fairly online, from what I understand. Like he's yeah, he's using the socials. Bit. But and like, I don't know, to counter that, like if I told my parents a D's nuts joke, they would have no idea what I'm talking about. And they're younger than Stephen King, actually. Not Fair. by much, but sure. But younger. But again, I oh, think I King King being online and being, you know, the cultural mainstay that he is, I think probably it gives him a better chance than most people his age of knowing what that is. Not- Stephen, are you saying that Stephen King knows about D's? He might, is what I'm saying. About D's nuts? The, again, yes, that is that is what I'm suggesting. <laughs> I can't stop. We have to move on, or else this will never end. Here will be two thing. hours of D's nuts jokes. Here's the thing: as I was watching this movie this afternoon in preparation for this recording, I could just picture you sitting in your living, <laughs> sitting sitting in that on that couch right behind you there screaming D's nuts at your TV every time someone called him every D's. time. And, and it happens a lot. They overlapped sometimes. It was overlapping D's nuts. This is right. in a round, if you will. <laughs> I might. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It. I mean, look, It's. is it going to happen at some point? Uh, multiple times throughout the course of this recording? Yes. In fact, if you yeah, want to make a fun game of it, every time Tucker says D's nuts, oh. uh, take a shot. Oh, I don't know about I don't want to get anybody put in the hospital, though. <laughs> I mean, if if you, if you, uh, please drink responsibly, disenfranchised podcast, not responsible, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you want to, if you want to make a game of it. You know, speaking of Richard D's, that's Dick D's, Dick D's nuts. Dicky D's. Um, Speaking of Richard D's, uh, wasn't that like a popular DJ back in the day? Uh, Rick D's, yeah. Rick D's in the morning, yeah. Or straight up, some kind of top forty. He had one shit. of those. He had one of those big crazy voices, Rick D's. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know if he was in our. Was he in our market? I remember listening. I, I know the name. I'm very familiar with the name. Like, I'm sure I know, if I heard the voice, I would recognize it. I know the I'm, name mostly from people imitating the voice. That's what I'm I know. I'm very most. familiar yeah. with Rick D's. D's nuts. I was, I was waiting for it. I was like, give it a second. It's going to happen. If you let, if you give him a long enough <laughs> leash, he will hang himself. It's going to happen. It's Look, It's you, there's a pause. You can't just... <laughs> There's an art to a D's nuts joke. Like it's like, that's why the Snoop Dogg one is so disappointing because he's just like, Oh, I can do a throwaway D's nuts jokes. No, man, this you is, just, you just can't just, this throw... is important. This, this means something. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Ricky, Ricky D <laughs> Ricky Dreyfus. Um, yeah, dude. So what about Rick D's? No, nah, Rick D's. He's uh, you know, American radio personality, top 40 entertainer. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So he had, yeah, he was the radio show. I, I, that was outside of the D's nuts jokes. Every time they mentioned his first name, I was like, oh yeah, that DJ though. 
Yeah. Yeah. Who is not in this movie? He's not. Honestly, better movie. Put him in there. Yeah. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Yeah. There's not much to look forward to in this movie. No. I mean, look, I was looking forward to Miguel Ferrer, and then uh, about halfway through this movie, I was like, this has got to be almost over, right? Nope. No, dude. I was a half hour into it, and like, I couldn't believe I hadn't been sitting there for like three or four days. Right. Yeah, it. I told you as I told you in the uh, in the 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 text thread that we have going. Uh, it's like this. The pacing seemed like this movie was edited by the love child of a sloth and a snail. Like it just yeah. crawled. The, and this there's, movie hey, there's is a good story paced. there. That's a fun. That's a fun little pitch. You know, it's a it's a it's a fun concept. It's just not but, something that should be stretched to feature length. No, dude. This is this is a fucking tales from the crypt episode. That's what this is. A hundred percent. You shave a half an hour off of this, mm-hmm. 40, 40 minutes maybe. You got a tight little Tales from the Crypt episode. This thing should be seventy five minutes max. Yeah, this should be Tang length for sure. This is ninety eight minutes, which again, no, compared to most movies <laughs> that come out right now, is is leisure like that. That is brisk, baby. But it still feels like it a drags. movie that was released today. It drags so hard um and the it and i don't know if it was just the transfer that i saw probably was uh but it it looks it looks like a made for tv movie how could you tell what it looked like in 360p steven how could how could were you if you were watching on your phone maybe like were you I watching was, on your phone yeah oh well then that that's i mean it's maybe acceptable because because my does, partner was working and i had to watch it on my phone in the other room well it's it's shot like a tv film uh but i watched once i saw how horrible the quality was on the first option on youtube right. i checked the other one out just in case mm-hmm. and it was running at 480p and i can i can tolerate standard def like i'd prefer to put it on my crt but i'm wasn't trying to fuck with that at the moment sure um so there was a a lot of uh digital artifacts and some some tear-ups in the back but when it mattered it it looked good enough for me not to be distracted sure um but no you're but again to piggyback but it's shot like a tv movie yeah it's shot like a tv movie like this is so the director of this film i just want to i'm gonna just i'm gonna go right for it mark pavia is the director uh, he is, this is his first feature film. Uh, before this, he had directed a short film entitled drag that came out in 1993. His only other credit is an unrated film. I don't know if it was direct to DVD or if it was a TV movie or what, uh, a horror thriller called fender bender from 2016. Oh yeah. He's got a lot of producer credits though. He does. He is a producer, a um, but most of the stuff that he is a producer on is not stuff that I would consider stuff I'd want to see. And his producer credits start in 2016. Like they start there. So I don't know what he was doing between 97 and and six and 2016, Just but not farting much. around, dude, figuring not his much. shit out. Like that's sometimes you got to take a, take some time off, figure your shit out. And he is married to the female lead of this movie. Yeah, she, the gal, the 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 entwistle, entwistle, entwistle? Julie Entwistle. Yeah. Hey. No yeah. relation to Peg it's Entwistle. Not and not related to that the 
do the the basis for the who probably not no okay um she's in one other movie Yo, uh, wait wait literally uh, <laughs> one other movie can i tell you um that i saw the who once at deer creek oh yeah and it was that's like, right we're we're actual hoosiers we don't call it whatever the hell they're calling it. ruoff mortgage whatever look it's i would i would res- i would respect its name and call it what it is but it changes its name so much i don't know what it is now like if i knew what it was i would call it by a proper name but i'd say also known as deer creek but right um anyway i saw them there i saw the who at deer creek and this was maybe two weeks after John Est- Estin, Estin uh, the guy, the bassist guy, he had died. Oh, okay. And they had a uh, just some bass player that they had or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were doing My Generation. And, you know, it's got the, the little the breakdown bass solos. And like the... Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. And uh, during the last little break solo part, it's a really difficult part. And the dude, I don't know if he messed it up on purpose, just like out of respect. Mm, okay. But like he totally messed it up, but he recovered from it and like everyone cheered. So it was a good moment anyway. Okay. Look, I know that wasn't very relevant to what we were talking about, but I rarely get to tell that story, but it's a memory. That's like something that I think about often for some reason. It looks like that bass player is Pino Palladino, Giuseppe Henry Pino Palladino. He is a Welsh musician, songwriter, and record producer. With the and guy that I saw him them with? Yep, that is him. Oh, nice. Steve, he was on the ball, dude. I That's what happened. I wasn't even trying to figure that out, and here while you are. You, were, you got the answer right here. While you were telling that story, I was looking for... Uh, I was looking for information about uh, touring members of The Who, and uh, sure enough, Wikipedia had me covered. So, uh, yeah, he, he actually toured with the band uh, through 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's so, but yeah, he... Robert he Plant. Over. Yeah. Robert Plant opened for them on that show. Okay. And it was pretty all right. He did, uh, like, I didn't think he was going to do it because I don't know if anybody was into it but me, but he did I'm in a mood for a melody. Okay. I mean, it's a really, it's kind of a silly kind of, cheesy song but i also love it and it's cheesy in the way that um i got my mind set on you is kind of cheesy george I, harrison's i love george harrison's hit. i got my mind set on you though i do too and did you know that's a remake that's like an old fucking jazz standard really did you know that look that I up too. when this podcast is over look up the original versions of i got my mind set on you it's i also like the weird outcome of that song yeah, this song is just six words long. Which is seven words, but yeah. <laughs> the yeah, irony dude. not lost on me, but yeah. No, dude. This song is just six words long. This song is just six words long. And that long. is a testament. Um, I've listened. I've been a fan of both songs for many, many years. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd say almost you know three quarters of my life. Sure. And I will say that that is a testament to how good Weird Al's band is. Mm-hmm. Because if you took the vocals out of both of those versions and played them together, it would just be one thing. Yeah. 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 They're fucking fantastic. There was a um there was a a, a Christian version, because again, you know, growing up 
as a conservative yeah. there was a a christian parody group that did uh christian parodies obnoxiously what? christian Fuck, parodies. how did i not know about this i was like way into audio adrenaline and like dc talk oh and, yeah and, and and jars of clay and shit back in the day how did i not know about this it's right up my alley i have no idea how you didn't know about this dude i i actually uh. got really excited once because i heard um them singing i heard someone playing it was i was in like a church um or at a youth event like and i heard someone playing sweet home alabama and i got really excited going oh my gosh they're playing and i know how you feel about that song but i was just like um like oh yeah this is great why you know they're they're playing this here um uh no it was the cover the parody version sweet home over jordan hey whoa hey i like that (laughs) I like that. That's cool. Um, That's what is this group called? I have to listen to everything they've ever released. What are they, I what are they I am try the apologetics, but it's Ooh. apologetics with an X. Okay, A P O L A P O L O G G E T I X T I X. They also have a parody of the devil went down to Jordan. Uh, the devil went down monkeys to monkeys for uncles for money for nothing. Yes. Yes. Monkeys uh the I'm devil went down to jordan um <laughs> bah were lambs for barbara and from beach yeah Boys. it's it's I'm so, so into all of this do these guys tour i want to go to their show they probably do i don't know if they're still together but i remember like one of the one of the things that they did uh they got mad props from weird al at one point because they actually they actually did the work that Weird Al's band would do and tried to sound like the groups they were covering. Like they actually did. Yeah. It. And so they got props for Weird Al for that. Um well, and, yeah, I and actually John Bermuda Schwartz is on one of their albums. Yes. Uh, so I love that. I'm listening yeah. to every song they've ever released and I'm doing I, it after I watch the season finale of Fargo and after I watch Undercover Brother. That's the next thing on my list. Uh, Lazy Brain, which is do. a cover of Crazy Train. Um, yes, but yes, but the best one is Shepherd's Paradise. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan of Scoring even heard a it, Squirrel. But I need it. I need this it. This is the story of a squirrel. The God said <laughs> drown the whole world. That's, something, that's some shit I would like like yes. amuse myself with while listening yes. to that song. Like, I love this. I'm way into this. I, I can't wait to listen to be. this and report back to you and have this conversation on what are we watching because I was I'm gonna so say, fucking into this. If you want to hear the conclusion of this so conversation, it is going to happen on a what are Hop we watching? On that Patreon. Which can Hop only on be found it. behind our paywall. $5 a month. Patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. And you can Smooth find- Grandmama? For yeah. smooth criminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. into that. Corinthians instead of in the end. Mm-hmm. That's La Bible instead of La Baba. I can't yep. stop. I can't stop. This yeah, is amazing. It's it's ridiculous, is what it is. Um I'm so excited. Inner Samson. <laughs> instead of Andrew Sandman. Sandman. <laughs> yeah. The real Steven. sin, the real sin savior instead of the real slim shady. <laughs> Steven, you have made my life look there You're my welcome. life existed before i knew about this and it's going to exist after but this is a chapter break steven this is happening live 
live on mic during the main feed episode. All of our you listeners just straight get up, to hear it now. Look, I haven't listened to any of this, but you've changed my life. I uh, We'll see. Look, again, I look forward to checking in with you next week and, and see if your life is still changed after listening to this hmm. shit. So Another one died for us, Steve. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct. He did. So yep. more than one? Nope. Who's the who's the no, other guy? Because it's it, another one. It's it's us. Another one died for us, so we don't have to. Oh, so okay, so other people have died, but since this, but this guy also died. So that's he the died, other. He died for our salvation, so that we he would just not did have it to... for a different reason, not because like you know, time or whatever. I mean, do you want to get into the the theological ramifications of of the crucifixion? Because we can. I mean, kind of, but this like, is I don't this know is not time. this is not an episode of Oopsaw Christianity Corner. I also mean, on the Patreon, check that out at uh, patreoncom pod. If you like, if get you on like that. hearing me get into the nitty gritty of of the Christian faith, boy howdy, have we got a show for you? And it's behind Stephen, the Stephen Hell smells. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> Mostly like brimstone, but you know. I love all of this. I'm I so happy. Steven, you've made me so happy. You know, when this episode's over and you lay yourself down in your bed, just know that you have made your friend so happy. So to steer you away from happiness and back to the Night Flyer, which is oh, why yeah, we're talk actually about this dumbass here movie. About. We were talking about, about Julie Entwistle, who has been in one other movie other than the Night Flyer. She plays a student in the Academy Award nominated film In and Out, starring she's the Kevin wife Klein. Of the director, though, right? She is, and that's why she's never done another thing. Um I mean she's she's not bad. She's she not. Could do TV. She, she could she could be in films, I feel like. And I don't know what she's been doing. I don't know if it was like a Phoebe Cates I'm retiring situation or what, but like she uh, just she she was in this movie and just peaced out. Uh she was done. Hasn't done anything. Maybe it just wasn't for her. Uh, I don't know. I uh, ultimately, I don't know. Sometimes but, you do a thing and it's lots of fun, but you're like, I'm good. That's mm-hmm. that's all I need. That was a chapter in my life, and that chapter is over, and I'm moving on. That's a that's a job I had, and now I'm going to see what else there is. Exactly, and maybe that was her. I don't know. I can't speak maybe. to it. I am not Julianne Twistle, nor do I know her, so I cannot. Is she on her. Cameo? Um, I can we, have my <laughs> can we doubts. I wonder if we could ask her. Could we be like, hey, man, what's so what straight up? What are you up to? Me going oh, to can not me going to cameo right now. You are. I am. And of course I am. That's that's what I appreciate about you, Stephen. Uh, no, Steve she is not there. But uh, uh, Panamanian uh, soccer legend Julio Daly is. Yeah, I, but what about is Ernie Hudson on there? Can you check? Of that course, out? Uh, Ernie Hudson is absolutely on. Camera. Yeah, but it, what if he's not still on there? What if he like got sick of it? Like we checked it months ago. I mean, Ernie Ernie Hudson, actor Ghostbusters, is absolutely on cameo, and there is a picture of him in his Winston Zeddemore um, ones, onesie. And can I tell you, Stephen? That you can tell me anything. Um, I have a phrase. Uh, it's it's kind of an original phrase that I throw around whenever. Um, I still have my hat on in the house because mm-hmm. like a lot of times I'll put my hat on to go out and do stuff like sure. I was in the military. So like I got used to that, like put your hat on when you leave a building and taking it off when you come in. So I don't know. It's just like muscle memory. 
I've I've seen you wear hats numerous times on numerous and occasions. And so so when I still have my hat on and I don't mean to, I will say I am Ernie Hudson in the crow right now to myself, not to anyone else. No one else cares. But to myself, I'll say that and yeah. You know who would appreciate that? Brett. Our friend Brett Wright, who loves Our, whose favorite movie is Ghostbusters and one of his other favorite movies is The Crow. I you would think his favorite him. answer is Ern- his favorite actor is Ernie Hudson, but somehow it's not. You would though think, I though I still would films. at some point like to get him an Ernie Hudson cameo. I just cannot just afford it that. at this time. No, we're gonna do it. When, when's his birthday? What's Brett's birthday? It's in June, mid June. Oh, hey man, I'm I'm rich in the summer, dude. Okay. I could I could uh, I could swing that probably. Just remind me, man, because we're going to do it. I know we've talked about it before. We have. most Behind the paywall. So now that we're talking about it on main feed, like, he's going to hear about it, I'm sure. Nah, he won't. He don't listen to this shit. Are you kidding? <laughs> but Brett, we thank if you, you for doing so. Brad, if you listen to this shit, blink twice. I don't know how that's going to resolve, but uh, yeah, we'll figure me it neither. out. I'm sure he'll blink twice at some point in his life. Um, I'll be like, there it is. <laughs> instinctively, instinctively, in wherever he is right now, Brett blinked twice. Just instinctively. Just Probably. As though, as though he knew you were saying it. Anyway, The Night Flyer. Um, big, big oof on this movie, man. Big. I fucking hate this movie. Oof. You heard it here first. Tucker hates The Night Flyer. I really do. Like, there's a few, like, moments that are mildly interesting. But outside of that, man, fuck off with this movie for sure. Tucker, do you think we should probably just get the plot? We're a half hour into this and we've barely touched on the movie itself. Do you think we should just go ahead and get the plot in 60 over with? Let's do. Let's do that. Um, editing point right now, future Tubi. But first, I have to pee. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. You should be you... too. Do you have to pee? Mildly? Um... Let me go ahead and pee. Just I peed you before I well. came, but let me go ahead you and pee. Could and, probably yeah, and yeah. grab grab another drink. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, grab your drink. I'll just yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Five minutes later. Oh shit! I gotta oh, shit? get the. I gotta get my ashtray of coins. No, it's no, a... you don't. You don't. <gasps> you don't. I don't. You don't. That's so exciting. You're going to have to feign that same level of excitement when we get on the recording. So I was going to save that for the recording. We're already on the recording. Okay. I know, but we haven't. No, no, no. I'll be just as excited. Uh, You were, we had just agreed to do the plot in 60 seconds. For those of you just joining us for the first time, first of all, why this episode? Uh, but second of all, the plot in 60 is the part of the show where we will recount the plot of the film we're watching in 60 seconds or less, usually at the behest of the Canadian Quarter of Indifference or if Brett is here, the D6 of Destiny. But not today, because today, friends, I moved. And in the process of moving, I found an old friend who is Guess making his back. A triumphant return to the podcast. That's right. The coin of justice has returned. Yes, dude. Making after after taking a lengthy and well deserved oh vacation in twenty twenty three months. The coin a year? of justice. A year. I'm. I moved up here in in. There it is. December. There it is. Right there. What a beauty. Look at Lady that. Lady Justice there herself. Is. There she is. There it is. Man, and where's the... this from? Where is it from again? 
The coin of justice? Yeah, what's I don't the... know where where'd you get it? No, it says on the back, like uh Gibraltar? Yeah, dude. This is Gibraltar. One damn near wrecked him. <laughs> Good try. That's that's it. <laughs> I did it that time, right? Gibraltar, I hardly know her. Um there it is. Fuck. One one Troy ounce nine 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 fine silver is what it says on this coin. Mm-hmm. It is one pound sterling. Literally a pound sterling. Um, from 2021. Uh, I should post a picture of this on, on the socials once this yes, episode please drops. Yes, please do. Front and back, just so people know it's, what this beauty looks like. It's a beaut, and put like a banana for scale on one picture, too, so they know how big it is. Like I have a banana. How do you not have a banana? How do you not get Charlie horses bananas. all the time, Stephen, if you don't eat bananas? Fun story, I do. You do get Charlie horses all the time. All the time. You need more potassium, dude. Eat them nannies, dude. You need more potassium, bitch. Um, Eat them straight old nanners, dude. Anyway, now that the the coin of justice has returned, we can do this like we did. And there's just the two of us, Tucker. We can do this like we did in the old days. Yeah, dude. In the old and in the before times, in the long, long ago, before there was even a Tucker. Before there was even a Tucker. This is why I was even born. Sure. Tucker got very serious there for a second. Um, yes, so I'm going to go ahead and flip the Code of Justice. You call her in the air. Okay, it's tails. It is heads. Hey, okay. I Which means that it easy. is your responsibility, sir, to recount it's easy the plot because in 60 seconds. It's a half hour story stretched out to an hour and a half, so I it got this. Pretty much is. Yeah, I am going to put six. Whoop. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock right now. Uh, and I will start whenever you are ready to begin. So there's this guy and it's Miguel Ferrer and he works for like a grocery store tabloid, like the Bat Boy tabloids, right? You know what I'm saying? Like all the really crazy ones that are completely unbelievable. Um, and there's a new lady and she calls her Jimmy, which is funny because it made me think of Jimmy. Um but then they hear about this dude and he's a straight up vampire and he's flying around in an airplane. And so the gal Jimmy is going to do it. But then Miguel Ferrer, because he's a stupid seconds. piece of shit asshole is like, no, nah, fuck you. I'm doing it. And there's this weird where she tears it up out of anger, but then like she it's really weird and everybody's happy and she's throwing it in the air. And I don't understand that scene, but whatever. Anyway, Miguel Ferrer, uh, AKA D's gets too close and eventually the vampire is like, fuck you, I'm going to make you a straight up vampire and pretend like seconds. you killed all these people that I straight up killed. And then there's actually some cool shit for about 45 seconds. And then uh, Jimmy is like, haha, fuck you, Miguel Ferreira. I'm going to you're the story now, bitch. That is time. That was good. I, I that was the whole plot, right? Basically, yeah. I intentionally <laughs> left out the guy with the accent because fuck that guy. Oh, you mean discount? Like, close your women? mouth. Close your mouth. Close your fucking mouth. Jesus. Now, Tucker, you live <laughs> in New England. I do. Currently. I do. I do. I do. I, so I, I, get, I get a nice I get a nice mix of like a Vermont, a Vermont accent and a Maine accent and a Massachusetts accent. So I've I've heard it all uh, ad nauseum. Uh, I, I know them all pretty well. So I guess I having not I mean, having only visited New England a couple of times and really only going so far as Massachusetts when I do, I don't know that I've ever heard a Maine accent. Are they really that pronounced? No, 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 no. 
Don't want to go um, down that road. No, you don't want to go down that road. No, like Round people don't talk that side. slow. That's what bothered me about his. Like, I get he was kind of he was kind of doing an impression of an impression. He was obviously doing a uh, homeboy from Pet Cemetery, uh, Herman Gwynn. Munster. Yeah. Yes. The great, um, late, great Fred Gwynn. But what Fred Gwynn did right is that he did make it a little over the top. Right. But not so over the top that you couldn't take him seriously. But this guy goes fucking, do... this guy's trying to do a Broadway main accent. And motherfucker, you're in a TV movie. Calm that shit down. Right. And I close mean, your mouth. The actor's name is John Bennis. And I, close I, your mouth. One of two notes that I wrote. In Trim this, your eyebrows. One of two notes on. that I wrote in my show notes for this episode is John Bennis is giving discount Fred Gwynn from Pet Cemetery because he is absolutely like this is this is the bargain basement. We can't afford a Fred Gwynn impersonator budget kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, Like we blew our budget on Miguel Ferrer. He's our name. He's the son of Jose Ferrer and Rosemary Clooney. That's Hollywood royalty. We we can't afford anyone else, so we'll get the director's wife, and uh, you know this guy who heard, uh, who, who was a really big fan of Pet Cemetery, and we'll get them to be in this movie. Got yourself a night flyer there, I see. Oh my god, I, I really, and I really of course hated he, that he guy. plays that on the recorder like three times. Night flyer, oh, got know, yourself right, a night right, flyer, night flyer, night flyer. Uh, we get it. We have a title. Title card. Let's go. <laughs> and I, I, you know, you do the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing or the Peter Griffin. Ah, ah, he said it. Like, yeah, it's yes, we know. And then, of course, after that, they say it. everyone says it like 20 times after that. You know, we're calling him the Night Flyer now. And then we get the slow where she's typing out like one finger at a time Night Flyer on her old 80s like word processor. Like, oh, my God. Come on. This is all very interesting, interesting, Stephen. Is it? But let me ask you, why are we covering this movie? When when did they? When were they like, oh shit, we got to make a sequel to this? So Stephen King himself actually wrote with the director Mark Pavia wrote a follow up script okay. called Fear of Flying, and it was going to focus on the character of Catherine Blair who we is the Jimmy. Um, he, yeah, he calls yeah. her Jimmy in reference to Jimmy Olsen, the cub reporter at the daily planet in the old Superman comics. And in that last article, you see that she's adopted that as a nickname too. Right. Yeah. Which I, I, that was another like two seconds that I enjoyed of this movie. Sure. You know, there aren't many of them, but I try to treasure them and hold on to them because there's so fucking few. They're, they're, they're rare. They're few and far between. So you treasure the ones you find. <laughs> yes. I mean, they, they become valuable by proxy because everything else is worthless. Um, yeah, but uh, the, it would focus on her character and because we see her turn to the dark side at the end of this film. And it mm -hmm. would focus on her continual descent uh, as she, you know, goes to get the goes to does what she can to track down the story and would probably focus on some other form of supernatural beastie. I don't have a lot of details about the scripts, but. Uh, I mean, at the end, she basically tells the cops that Richard D's nuts was <laughs> take a shot, everybody. Nuts. 
<laughs> testicles. Um, uh, but she basically tells the cops that Richard Dees was the night flyer and was because, and again, it's kind of perfect. He owns his own private plane. Like it all kind of works out just a little. He sets himself up for it. He, he pretty really much does. does. And the fact that in those 45 seconds, he sees all the people like, because like, again, just drive to Maine. Just drive to Maine. Just drive to Maine. Come on, his, man. It's his, not that far. It's a nice fucking drive. Just drive to Maine. Particularly in the fall. Like, the foliage is beautiful up that way. Dude, you don't have to tell me. I know I don't have to tell you. <laughs> I'm telling our listeners who may or may not live in New England. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot this was a podcast and not just, like, us <laughs> talking about a movie. I mean, that's Sometimes essentially what it is. The, the fact that people want to listen to us talk about movies amazes me sometimes. It Look, really I'm does. proud. I'm proud. Look, we don't have, like, in the grand scheme of things, we don't have a huge amount of listeners. But that, like, one to two hundred people that we can usually count on each week, that's, like, that's, you know, there's over a hundred people each week that want to like hear me talk about some dumbass movie and listen Brad, i i am i am amazed but i am overwhelmingly honored and so appreciative of each and every one of you i cannot stress that enough that anyone like that that i feel like if i don't record myself talking about a silly movie uh once a week that like somewhere someone is not going to be able to like listen and this is a part of someone's week that they will willingly do like i'm i'm grateful eternally grateful thank you all so much for listening to this thing and for letting us do this very silly thing um it's kind of the raddest shit ever it really is it it's pretty great Um, outside of being on stage and performing music it's probably like it's it's probably my legacy man I would say I would say being on stage oh, and performing no theater personally. That and my gamer score. I gotta, I'm gonna put my gamer score on my tombstone. Oh, you're one of those. Okay, just to gloat, just to gloat. Look, I just surpassed ninety thousand gamer score. I've been working on that for almost fifteen years. I don't know. I think I'm gonna keep it simple. My full name, Stephen Edward Foxworthy, and then just like the dates of my the date of my life, and then a picture of me. No, and I don't know why, but that would be rad. No, no, a bust of me on top of your tombstone. You know, my favorite, my favorite tombstone, like ever is Jack Lemons. And it just says Jack Lemon in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's perfect. It's just perfect. I love it. it. What's the guy who does the law and order? That's Jerry Orbach. No, no, no. Who it's always like a executive produced by. It's the whole meme. Oh, Dick Wolf. Yes. Do you think is Dick Wolf dead? No. Because when, but when he dies, though, wouldn't that be rad? I mean, <laughs> yes. Still, if I were Dick Wolf, I would so do that. And I fucking hate memes, but that you one's do. great. You're it not a great. fan of memes. I am yeah, no. Not. Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf's still out there kicking it, man. Good, good. I don't know. I don't know how old that motherfucker is. Been doing TV forever. He's he's been alive since December twentieth, nineteen forty six. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's he hanging is. on. He is, man. And he's still producing shit, man. He was executive producer on FBI, FBI Most Wanted, FBI International, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, Law and Order Organized Crime, Chicago PD. He does all those Chicago shows too. Holy shit! Yeah, dude. Dick Wolf's a Dick. F- fucking maniac. I love a that guy. Fucking maniac. Fucking maniac. Speaking of fucking maniacs, Miguel 
Ma fucking Ferrer in this movie. My boy. Um, love Miguel Ferrer. What is your fate? What is your favorite Miguel Ferrer performance? Oh, I don't know. Like it's look, I really love him in Twin Peaks and especially Same. the return, just seeing him come back and because that so was released because after his death in 2017. Yeah, yeah, that like that dropped right pretty much right after he died. Mm-hmm. And so you're watching it being like, I'm sad that he died, but gosh, I'm so glad he's here. And it, it was, it was a whole thing. But that, I that also was a few people's final performance. It was him, Catherine Coulson, mm-hmm. um, Mark Frostad, who played uh, the doctor, the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he they he did like the like, FaceTime. He was on the fishing trip and literally yeah. he was on like they he zoomed in his part for, for yeah. Twin Peaks. Like it was, it's fucking like incredible that they managed to get him in like it. And I got emotional when each of those characters showed up. Cause I knew those actors were, they no were longer with us. They were all just waiting on Lynch. They're like, come on up. Look, I'm straight up trying to die. Like it's my time, but I heard that Catherine Coulson on, filmed all of her stuff first. Yeah. Cause she, you, can, yeah. And you can tell from watching her. She is like on death's door when yeah. she's filming that stuff, but she is so fucking good. Good for her, show, man. Right. Good for her. I would love for like, the lead up to my death to be like an amazing fucking piece of art. Like how rad is that? And then like a year or two after I die, everyone's watching it and just going like, yeah, it it's fucking like, yeah, I, I, I love love that's a legacy. That is a hundred percent a legacy. Um, God. So God, I love, I love Catherine Coulson. I love Twin Peaks. Yeah. Albert, Albert, um, Albert Rosenstein or, uh, yeah, Rosenfield, sorry, in Twin Peaks is easily my favorite Miguel Ferrer performance. I think but... he's the perfect he's the perfect character for him. Yeah. Because he gets to be an asshole, mm-hmm. but he's not a bad person. Exactly. He's just an asshole. Yes. <laughs> no, 100%. There could be a huge difference. You are absolutely correct, though. Absolutely. Like, and that I love is... His, I, and as, when he goes full asshole outside of this movie... Um, I think a really good performance of his was in RoboCop as well. I liked him in RoboCop a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's he is he is in the RoboCops. I mean, I um, love him in everything I've seen him in, but those two performances specifically are the ones I think of when I think of him. He was one of those great that guy actors, and so I saw him pop up in so much stuff when I was a kid. He was in a lot of TV and a lot of movies. Like he was yeah. everywhere for about twenty years. One of the earliest things I think I remember, like ve- like deeply, deeply remember him in, and this is going to sound so fucking stupid. He's in future episode of this podcast, The Guardian, by the way. Um, but he is in future episode of this podcast, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with Me. Um, I get it. Is Blank Check, the movie Blank Check, where oh. he plays <laughs> the primary villain of that movie. But okay. then after that, I remember him in, and I don't know if you're going to remember this, Project Alf. Do you remember Project Alf? I remember that when they were like, oh, here's your here's your big series finale a couple years later, but we're mm-hmm. not the family's not going to be here. and It's going to be a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's, it's Alf and a bunch of other shit. Uh, he is also the voice of the villain in Mulan. He does does so much voice work, dude. Mm-hmm. So much prolific, I would say, in his voice acting. Do you remember the Justice League made for TV movie? Did you ever see that? Animated? No, no. Live oh, no, the action, one with dude. Adam West and no, 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 wait. It didn't have Batman release? or Superman. Yes, it was on TV in the it. 
came out the same year this did 97 it's got guy guy gardner green lantern it's got fire ice the atom um the flash the martian manhunter miguel ferrer is the villain he plays the weatherman the flash villain the weatherman well i'm thinking of there was a tv live action tv special though that had adam west as batman it and did they had, like yes. green lantern and like flash there was but miguel ferrer was not in that one i just i just sent okay. you the imdb link for the one that i you can probably find it on youtube david ogden Styers is is the martian manhunter uh which is kind of fucking rad oh this was on okay yeah, there was a lot of stuff coming out around this time. Like, I think uh, the TV pilot for Generation X came out around the same time. But yeah, 96. Correct. Like, yeah. It seemed like a lot of this kind of stuff was getting dumped on television. Like they were trying to make a lot of series with this kind of stuff. Exactly. Project Alf was also 96. Yeah, so this is, these are all like these TV movies are basically all unused pilots. Uh, that they're just like, well, we gotta we gotta put it out sometime. So yeah, they would do that. But no, Blank Check and Project Alf, those are my first, those are my two like tentpole Miguel Ferrer films. He's also in future episode of this podcast, Mr. Magoo, probably as the villain. <laughs> With Leslie Nielsen. With Leslie Nielsen. Just one of the all time great oh, villain actors. Um Yeah. He's in he's in Steven Soderbergh's traffic. Yes, sir. He sure is. Ever heard hey, of it? Wait a minute. Can even Jonathan Demi's the Manchurian Candidate with with straight up Denzel Washington and shit. Denzel Washington and Liev Schreiber. Hell yeah, I love Liev Schreiber. Have I ever told you mm-hmm. how much I love Liev Schreiber? I do, but he let Naomi Watts slip through his fingers, man. Like, well, that's all right. He's got more important things like acting to do. Naomi Watts, though, dude. I get that. Look, I'm on the same page with you on that. I truly, truly am. <laughs> but at the same time, like art, dude. Sure, sure. Art. But at Mr. the same time, Mr. Mufucking Goo. Mr. Mufucking Goo. We're going to watch it <laughs> for this podcast. I cannot wait. Wait, can we do Firewalk with me because of the missing pieces, though? Far- missing pieces That's is official. not a it's in. It's canon. It, it's not a film. It's fucking canon. It's- it's deleted scenes. It is a film, though. It it's put together like a film. Have you seen the missing pieces? It, years ago. I mean, it's it's got no, enough structure. Firewalk with me was intended. Scenes. Firewalk with me was intended to be the start of a trilogy. He was going to do three Twin Peaks films, and Firewalk with me was so poorly received. He's they he couldn't do anymore, and that was the end of Twin Peaks until the return. Return, which is one which of the greatest achievements so in television long ago, history. 2017. I know it's been it like feel, it's I been almost watched seven it years. since then. Like I watched it uh, in tandem like twice. Mm-hmm. I watched like up to halfway through it, and then my roommate started watching it, so I watched through it as I was still watching it as it aired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was pretty fucking rad. But I haven't watched it since it aired. I don't think I have either. I need to. I need to revisit. I have cause... the Blu-ray, and it's so that box is so rad. I've showed you how it's. You got have. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you open it up, and Dougie's yeah. in the middle. <laughs> Dougie Jones, baby. Dougie yeah. Jones. Dougie Jones. We we stand yeah, Dougie wait. Jones. We need to we need to rewatch that, Stephen. We do hundred percent. We should we do we should do that. a Patreon special. Rewatch. The twin the Twin Peaks page Patreon special. Mm-hmm. Man, we're doing we all gotta sorts get of plugs the... for the Patreon. Got to get through the D and D stuff first, though. 
Yeah, we do. And we got to get through this episode before we do no, any of that. This episode's been over for several minutes. So, Tucker, you mentioned there were a few, a handful of things that you did enjoy about this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me ask you, what are they? Well, Miguel Ferrer, uh, despite me just hating that character, just like detesting that kind character. Kind of a loathsome character, for I sure. I would not have hated him as much if Miguel Ferrer weren't fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. The whole, like he does in everything, especially he's very good at being an asshole. That's the thing, is you hate the character, but you hate the character because Miguel Ferrer is doing such a good job at mm-hmm. playing an asshole. Well, Which, it's an again, added bonus. It's an added bonus because the character is shit. Yeah. Uh, but then well, you I'm, get Miguel Ferrer in there. And as an actor, if you're playing just... as an actor, if you're playing a loathsome character, you kind of almost relish the audience booing you at the end of the show. Absolutely. Because that means yeah, you, that means you, you did, did your did job. job. Exactly. You did your and, I, job. and I feel like Miguel Ferrer is doing that. First of all, no one in this movie is redeemable at all. Everyone's a piece of shit at least that we're meant to like be siding with um, everyone's a piece of shit in this movie. And that, I think that's kind of the point because again, this whole thing is Stephen King kind of speaking against the proliferation, particularly in the late eighties, but even into the nineties to now of tabloid journalism. And now we've got shows like fucking TMZ. We've got paparazzos like out on the streets constantly, people yeah. constantly being like, involved in other people's business wanting to know what's going on true crime is a subgenre of like it may be the biggest genre in podcasting like netflix documentaries sure. true crime shit i'm guilty as anyone else i love that shit like but like just the idea of like wanting to insert ourselves into the grisly details of someone else's life and that's kind of and and it, it's almost like this this movie walks so that fucking Nightcrawler can run. Nightcrawler <laughs> is the better version of this movie. Look, I look, I see the connections, but I don't know if I would go as far as to say that it's the better version of this movie because there's there's a lot of problems, not only with, like you mentioned before, the editing and the, the pacing, but the writing is shit too. Like it's, this movie barely keeps itself together. It does. It yeah, I barely agree. keeps itself together. And the only thing it's got going for it is Miguel Ferrer is making fucking gold out of a fucking turd. Just doing the Lord's work here, really. Really? Really. Carrying this entire movie on his shoulders, and it's heavy. For our sins. For our sins. And then KMB comes in and knocks it out with the effects. Outside of that, it's just... It's garbage. There's nothing There's nothing appealing about yeah. this movie at all. I like. I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a well-written and well-executed version of this. That would be fucking rad. And I mean, since we just learned last week that the dollar babies are dead, it's going to, you know, it's going to cost to do it. Um, although yep. Stephen King has basically said that the night flyer is probably the same character as the one in his short story, Propsy or Popsy Propsy. I think um, uh, what's this now? You don't know Propsy. I know Propsy, uh, but I don't know Propsy. Um, let me, Hang on. I will let you hang on. I'm allowing you to hang on right now. Stephen King. Popsy. It's Popsy. It's hey, Popsy. there it is. Stephen King's story, Popsy. The only reason I know Popsy is because a friend of mine is in a version of Popsy uh, directed by Jack it's Kessler. Little... Jack Kessler's Propsy or Jack Kessler's Popsy. Excuse me. 
but the story Popsy is essentially like uh, basically these guys are like driving around and get accosted by a monster. They're they're shady businessmen. Oh, uh yeah. Uh I will say that the friend of mine that was in this movie, you know who else is in this movie? One of the greatest that guy actors of all time. Is it Rick Dees? No, specifically because he's in a lot of his brother's films. Uh, we know him because we love his brother. Frank Stallone? <laughs> you guessed it. Doo, Ted Raimi. Take it. Oh, all right. Lunatics, a love story's Ted Raimi. Yes. Yeah. Theodore Ted Raimi uh, is in Jack Kessler's Popsy. It was a short film released in 2019. Uh, friend of the show, Zach DeZuba, plays... Um, plays the the gas station clerk in that movie um good dude i did a play with him when he was in high school good when's good he gonna dude. be a guest uh, i don't know i'll reach out to him i'll see if he wants to wants to show up he i know he just filmed a a short film with friend of the podcast samuel dumas as well so that's maybe rad. maybe we can get him on to uh that. when What's that, that? Where do whenever I see that? Whenever Sam finishes editing it, I don't know. Sam's still working on is it. it. A, is it an official Crown Hill production? Or I don't know. is this a, an offshoot, a spinoff of that? I label? don't know because I think it's it's Zach's baby, but I know Sam was, he brought on Sam to direct. And basically it was like a crew of four. Sam, Zach, okay. uh, the cinematographer, Jim Banta, friend of the show, Jim Banta, and the actress. So like there were five people on set at any time. Cause it's just a two person short, but yeah, I'm gonna see that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text Sammy, man. We're gonna talk about that. Do it, man. I'm but yes, uh, fu- past and future guest Sammy Dumas, he will be on again this year. I promise. Uh, we've already got him on the books, so man, that guy's got great hair. You ever notice how good Sammy's hair is? Mm-hmm. I do, it's great. Well, like, if it looks like he spends time on it and like really it's time does. well spent, it's yeah. time well spent. And here's the thing like, his brother. Our friend Jay Pilek, past and future guest, um, he also has good hair. But like Sam, Sam's going above and beyond. Like Sam, Sam like cultivates that he stuff. Puts, yeah, he puts effort into it. And let me tell you, I think I think uh, where this stems from. Um, so I, I've known Sammy since uh, he was in probably about kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tracks. And I was in in middle school around this time, and this boy. Mm-hmm had the like if you look up in the dictionary 90s bowl haircut right that was little sammy i believe it i 100 percent believe it and so i think maybe like sammy uh come come on the show and, and we'll talk about this but this is he's this got is my him. pure speculation schedule, man. this is my when's he coming in soon it, it'll be early march oh oh i'm way into that we'll talk yeah. about this but see my pure speculation is that like that that haircut traumatized him so much that he vowed to himself <laughs> that he would have luscious beautiful hair for the rest of his days i mean i, I because look, your boy puts in the work he does and it looks fantastic and if like you... i haven't smelled it but i'll bet if i smelled it it would smell wonderful i i almost wish he had his hair out in Circle City Supernatural, but he doesn't. He's yeah, he's kind of kind of. I'll tell you what, he's a little wrapped up. Go on YouTube, go on YouTube and look up the short film from our friend JP Leck, The Roman. You'll hear my oh, voice because I'm in that oh. one. 
He's the. It's because that's the only one that he's in before he dies, right? He's the lead. No, that's the only one where yeah. he's the lead. He shows up in a couple others, but like his hair is not that. really I've, featured. I don't. I don't know that I was in that one, but I helped you film a good bit of. Oh, it's because Julie was in that one. That's right. Yeah. So I was. I was helping out quite a bit on that one. Yeah. 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 I would actually. I do have a cameo when she goes into the theater. Mm-hmm. Like that's my arm that opens oh, the door. There you that's go. Me. Hi, cameo. Hi, cameo. It's me. Uh, I'm like only BTS, a, that's it. You guys. That is literally the first thing I ever did with Joseph. Um, that that is my like. He saw a short film that Sam had done with Caleb and I called "Susan Lands the Interview." You can find that on YouTube as well. I'm and he's familiar. like, "Is it okay if I use these guys?" And Sam's like, "Yeah, I guess." And so he reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, you wanna you want in?" And I'm like, "Acting." There's yeah. a straight up sword fight in that movie. There is that Sam and Caleb choreographed my my former Who co-host are- on the Rule of Thirds podcast choreographed themselves. Who are you in that one, Stephen? I haven't seen it in so long. My my character Keith Sorrells, the character that I play in most. Oh of yeah, these yeah, things. yeah, yeah, because you're Sammy's partner. I mean, yeah, I'm the yeah, voice duh. on the phone. Yeah, 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 Fucking duh. Yeah, and I literally, remember, I just yeah, showed up to I, the first time I ever met Joseph. Well, the first time I met him was at Sam's wedding, but the second time I met him, I just showed up at his <gasps> house and I'm like, "Hi." Yeah, yeah, because because my ex and his wife are very good. We're we're very good friends, uh, and so like, and then. I, I think I got them in the divorce, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. But yeah, I would have fought for him. I would have like, that would have been some legal shit. I'll be like the Lex are mine. Yeah. No, I mean like, no, Sammy and Sammy and I, again, like we, we started our first podcast rule of thirds because our wives got so annoyed with us talking about movies. Every time we got together that we had to find another outlet to talk about movies. So Sam literally just messages Caleb and I one day and is like, we're going to start a podcast. And, and that's, that was what that's we did. What, that's how it, that's how it happened. And that's why I'm doing this. I wouldn't be doing this hey. if I hadn't done that one first. Here we so. are. And here yeah. we are. We hate this movie so much. We spent 15 minutes on origin stories of people that are just podcast adjacent, honestly. Look, and and so here's here's something I think is fairly interesting. This movie ends very differently than the short story, from what I understand. Does it? I have no. I've never read the. I haven't read the thing. I haven't either, but I read about it. Um. So from what I understand, the short story basically ends with Dee's watch. And first of all, the character of Catherine Blair. Go ahead, He's do nuts. it. There it is. Take a shot, everybody. Sorry. Steve. I'm actually, I actually have alcohol. You've been holding out right on me. You've been holding out on me. If you were saying it more often, it wouldn't have hit me so hard. Saying what? D's? No, I'm fresh off another one. I'm good. Keep going, Steven. So the short story ends. D's nuts. There it is. I knew you were waiting for it. I knew it. I fucking knew it. It's all about timing, Steven. It's all about it timing. Is. It's different it every is. time. It's different every time. You got to, no, you got to judge. Absolutely you know, what's come before and how much time you need to let that sit and marinate. Hey, Tucker, do me a favor. Yes. Ask me why I'm so funny. Why are you so funny? Timing. No, sorry. I I fucked that up. Ask me again why I'm so funny. Ask me again. No, that's like the, that's like interrupting, interrupting Cal. No, no, no. Seriously, (laughs) do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Ask me again. What am I supposed to do? Ask me why I'm so funny. Why are you... So funny. Timing. Oh, 
man, but you you broke the rules. You broke the podcast rules there, Stephen. As no, brilliant as that was, nah. two seconds, man. I gotta trim it if it's more than no, two seconds of dead you air. Don't I, though. You you don't. That's the that's the joke, dude. No, dude. No, dude. If we don't run those stations, people are gonna tune out. They're not gonna be watching. No, that's not true. People love us. Two seconds. You look, okay. Look. Consider this. This is your verbal warning, Stephen. <laughs> okay, this is your first, your first verbal warning. You get three I, verbal warnings, and you get a written warning. You get three written warnings. We have a conversation with HR, and we then get a, we, we have, you get a citation. There. You get four yeah. citations, and yeah. So this is your first verbal warning, Stephen. Anyway, no more pauses after two over two seconds. The short story ends with D's watching Nuts. the. Fly away, watching the night fire fly away, opening his camera and pulling the film out of the camera himself, knowing that he will never be able to because you don't believe what you publish, don't publish what you believe. That's his whole motto. I was really surprised that that like he hadn't tricked him by like all the pictures he had taken before were like on the straight up on some other film and he had switched it out. Woo! Like I was kind of surprised. That'd be too like, kind of like though. rookie mistake. Yeah. Rookie mistake, though. Yeah. Like yeah, I feel like he he knew he was like walking in the lion's den there at a certain point. He did. So like, why not prepare for that? Like he he is otherwise kind of a clever character despite his assholishness. No, he absolutely is. Like he he he's not an idiot. He fucking double crosses everybody, including his he, own team. He like quadruple crosses himself. It's like there's so but many. But that's it, crosses. right? That's it. but he ends up double crossing himself. So. You were a double. You were a triple agent. No, I just lied about being a double. Um, yeah. yeah, that's cool. But um, he in the film though the it's the night flyer himself that pulls the camera out of the film or the film out of the camera. I've been playing the drinking game too. Those of you at home. <laughs> so every time I say D's and Tucker says. No. I've also been taking a drink. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm drinking Bob oh, Dylan's man. whiskey. That's right. Testicles are hilarious. They are. They just. Um, but it's. Um, so he ends up watching the night flyer fly away, pulls the film out of his own camera in the film. The night flyer is the one that pulls the film out of the camera. And then because of some vampire trickery when he shows him his true face which D's demands you're gonna let me have that one mm -hmm. okay <laughs> such restraint you're showing right now it's taking so much I know it is I know it. I can see it on your face there's like agony on your face right now. just do it just fucking do it dude no dude no I'm strong. I'm strong. Since I'm when? A, I, I'm a strong, independent woman. And Stephen, I don't need no man. <laughs> well, that I knew. Um, it, so, but he ends up seeing a vision of all of the people that he has exploited in his time at the tabloid. Um, all of the people that he has 
Is that um, who all those people were? I recognized yes. the lady in the in the bathtub because they talked about her earlier, but I didn't, right. I didn't really make that connection was, with anybody else. There was the lady with the dead baby, and she says, do you know what I had to do to get him? Um, which is the same oh, thing that yeah, he says. Oh, yeah, because they mentioned the thing before about the thing. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned the, it, Where's yeah. the picture of my dead baby? Yeah. Where's my yeah. picture? Where's my dead baby? You know what I had to do to get that picture? You know what I had to do with hey, that morgue attendant? No murders, you know no murders under two, man. Come on. Calm down. But that's I mean, what he says in the movie, the guy. Right. Yeah. But but yeah, those are all the people that he's exploited for his um, you know, to to get his scoop. Oh, I get that. Now that kind of makes that a little bit cooler. Like the, yeah. it's still just like 45 seconds of radness, but it's just a little bit radder now. The film all goes to black and white and he just starts hacking those people to bits with axes. Which like, I really appreciated. I don't know why they did it. Like, ju- based on the rest of the movie, it couldn't have been an artistic choice. I mean, it was absolutely this director an artistic has choice, no but... artistic bone in his body. Maybe it was the cinematographer. Maybe I don't know, Who dude. The cinematographer, uh, the editor, maybe film. even like that would might be an editor choice too. Elizabeth Schwartz is the editor. The cinematographer is David Connell. What else has he done? Let me check here. I'll bet you're going to tell us. I, I'm looking for it, man. The NeverEnding Story 2, the next chapter. Oh, fantastic. Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. Oh, wow. Uh, the Rush Hour, an episode of the Rush Hour TV show. Fantastic. Um, a TV movie called The Quickening. Librarian 3, The Curse of Jude- the Judas Chalice. Oh, wow. That's, wow. Left Behind 3, World at War. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're wondering why this thing looked like a TV movie. Um, it, the, it did, though. It really was like you, you can't get more like typical 90s TV movie. And that being said, mm-hmm. I thought the soundtrack, the score was like, I was like, did they just take the it score? It's like every Stephen King TV movie adaptation from the late 80s and 90s. It's that same fucking score. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, I was he... like, I'm convinced that some of that is from it. Like, someone will have to prove me wrong on that because, like, there were times where I was like, this has got to be at least the same guy, you and maybe he right, wrote it though. on the same day. I don't right. know. He did a lot of made-for-TV movies. He also in twenty in in 1997, he was also the cinematographer on a little movie called Zeus and Roxanne about the yeah, friendship so between a dog and a dolphin. Great. And he was also the cinematography cinematographer on the Pierce Brosnan Robinson Caruso film. Oh, cool. Did you know that existed? Because it I absolutely did. did. I worked at the video store when it came out. That's why yeah. I know the, the cover made it look like a B movie. It was a really mm-hmm. bad DVD. cover. You know what else made it look like a B movie? The, the cinematography the cinematography yeah hey did you ever see the matador though no With greg kinnear and uh and pierce brosnan i didn't know pierce brosnan plays a hitman and like he becomes friends with greg kinnear when greg kinnear's on some business trip and then like shit goes down and pierce brosnan has to like crash at his house and he has like a wife and a kid and shit and it's a pretty rad little like semi indie movie from the early two thousands, and you should check it out. Have you ever seen the November Man? Have I? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Let's Past episode that. of this podcast, the November Man. 
Oh, then no, because I remember not knowing about that one. Yeah. Do you know why they call him the November man? Because he was born in November? Because there was nothing left, Tucker. And if you want to see, if you want to hear Brett and I go on an extended riff about how that makes no fucking sense, go back and listen to episode 12 on the November man. Uh, So I'm not supposed to get it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 (laughs) Because we didn't fucking understand either. It's, it's a serviceable action film, but like, it's definitely like Pierce Brosnan post bond trying to recapture some of that magic again and failing miserably. Yo, but check out the matador though. All right. It's straight up. All right. Really good. It's it's look, it's kind of, there's some dark shit in it, but at its core, it's kind of wholesome. It's kind of, it's really weird. That's why, that's why I recommend it. Not because I think that you will absolutely love it, but because I think that you will find it interesting because there's not really anything else like it. That's kind of why I recommend the November man as well. Like it's, it's a weird little, it's a weird relic. Check that out. You should. You absolutely should. I, should. I do love Pierce Brosnan when he's when he's hitting, man. When he's hitting, and I mean Pierce he Brosnan's look, he like is a, doing him and Timothy Dalton. Like he's doing Pierce Brosnan things. I mean Dalton is my favorite Bond. I've said that on this podcast many times before. I will say it many more times. I only like him because of the Rocketeer. Like he's done other great things, but like the Rocketeer is why I love Timothy Dalton. See our past episode on the Rocketeer. One I think of the that best was films like ever made by Evolved Man. Honestly. I think I think we did the November Man and the Rocketeer like back to back. I think those are back to back episodes of this podcast. Probably, but yeah, go go check out our early catalog. Brett and I put a lot of work into those early episodes, and they're pretty fun. Yeah, they're really good. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Like you started exist in this context. You started as a fan and came on last year, about a year ago, actually, at our behest. Uh, we had reached out to you, I think in October and we're like, would you be interested in joining us as a third host? And you were like, I mean, straight up, maybe. Well, I, I probably did say that. <laughs> I'd also, I'd been editing for you guys for almost a year too. That's true. You'd been editing for us for a while because it, it got to be a little more than Brett could handle on his own. Um, and then there were, a, there was a that little bit of time in October of 2022 when I was doing the editing, like the, for like a month I did the editing. Yeah. Um, and that's why those episodes kind of suck editing wise. But yeah. Yeah, well. Look, yeah. I've heard a lot of I've heard podcast there are podcasts that I subscribe to that have legitimate sponsors mm-hmm. that I am I'm infuriated with just because like they don't take the time to normalize their audio right. and fix their levels and like pan it out a little bit so that it doesn't all sound jumbled in the middle. It's like, who is your editor? Like, they're good at, like, cutting shit out and making shit tight. Like, the podcasts are tight. You can tell that they cut those together and make them tight. And they sound great in that way, like, Mm pacing-wise. But you just... It's not hard to normalize some volume. Just fuck with your knobs a bit. You know, figure out where the sweet spot is for both channels or all three or four channels, you know, and just get it where it works it's not hard it takes me like like when we record a main feed episode and i know when we're done recording that there's nothing i need to edit out Mm -hmm. i will just put the theme song on i will spend about three minutes adjusting the levels and then i skip to the end and put the end theme on and that's it right yeah 
it's that easy to balance your shit out. And there are podcasts, like I say, that have big sponsors Mm -hmm. that do not take this care. And I, I don't understand it. And it kind of annoys me as a listener because I know how fucking easy it is. And I'm sitting here like, like turning it up to hear the quiet parts and then they get loud and I have to turn it down because like, you know, I'm not in a private area or something like it's like a fucking fast and furious movie, dude. Yes. We got to turn the surround off. That's, that's how that's, you get the that's what it on is. That. Yeah. Get it on the, the two channel stereo and then that is it. your dialogue will be clear. I just remember the first time I was watching the fast and furious movies. Um, I was watching them and my ex was sleeping like, and so I was like constantly like turning it up to hear the dialogue. And then as soon as there was a race, I was turning it way down <laughs> because the engines were so fucking loud. And I was like, yes. God, whoever edited this sound mix is awful. Yes. But I mean, I've complained. I've been complaining about sound mixing for fucking years, but no one listens yeah. to me. You know, some of it is bad, but 95% of the time, if you just fuck with the settings on your shit, like you can figure it out and usually I half the time it's the fact that you're watching physical media and it defaults to like the 5.1 or the 7.1 mix right so whenever, I just always whenever I put any disc in I just go right in there and I'm like oh, let me get either stereo or mono I'm not trying to do this 5.1 when I don't have 5.1 because it yeah it kills that'll, it kills the dialogue that'll fuck your shit up absolutely Show enough. Um, show enough. Tucker, um, I know you really enjoyed that. The, those kind of final moments of this movie. I wouldn't say I really enjoyed them. Well, you enjoyed them more than least, you enjoyed the rest of the movie. <laughs> it at least like captured my interest for a brief moment. Sure. sure. I can say the rest of this film did not. Right. Because even when I was like excited about something, like outside of any kind of effects reveal, it just was undercut and shitty anyway. So right. like by the end of this movie, I had as few expectations as I could possibly have. And so just like the littlest, smallest, like barely interesting thing caught my attention. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's in black and white. What's that about? Oh, these effects are nice, but like. The creature. How did we I get will, here? I will straight up say, I. This is what happens apparently when I when I drink the rest of my whiskey as I start to sound like Tucker. I will hey. straight up say the creature effects on this movie are absolutely incredible. KMB like, baby, yeah. The look KMB. The look of the Night Flyer himself is like next level. It's so good. He looks name incredible. Name one KMB effect that sucks. I look. I I, I I guess. I guess I'm can't. not. I guess I'm not familiar enough with what they've done. You've seen a lot of their shit, even if you don't realize that you've seen a lot of their shit. I'm I'm sure I have. Look, because I, even I, I like even outside of horror, like in sci-fi, and even you know effects for like thrillers and dramas, they'll pop in there and do shit. So whether it's a fantastic horror thing or a simple like cut of the hand in a drama, you've seen their shit. Okay. I'm looking through makeup design here. We've got that's uh, Howard Berger, uh, Greg Nicotero, and um... oh, Greg Nicotero. That's a name I absolutely recognize. What's the other guy? He's a sweet dude. Um, who's the other guy? Greg um, is it? Greg something? Howard Berger. Uh, Robert Kurtzman. There you go. 
He has the most generic name, and that's the one I can never remember. <laughs> um, but no, like I no, I've I do know these guys now that you now that you call them out, and I'm I'm kind of looking through some of their credits right now, and they've done every they did everything. They've they've done a lot of great shit, and I kind of love a lot of their stuff. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. They're fantastic. Like, They're fantastic. And and I think that and and the performance of Miguel Ferrer are really what make this movie stand out. And you can tell that's where the budget went. And they kind of had to like make do with everything else, which is why and I'm not going to say, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's why this movie has like one recognizable name in the cast. And then a bunch of people who are like day players at best um, kind of throughout, like filling out the the remaining, I guess the guy who did, uh, who plays the the head of the, the tabloid, he is, um, he's Pee Wee and Porky's. Like three of okay. his four known for are Porky's <laughs> movies. Yeah. And then the fourth one is fucking baby geniuses. Nice. Um, Everybody like loves he, baby geniuses. Do they? No. Do they though? <laughs> no, dude. I've never seen it. I can't, I can't vouch. No. Um, but like you, like they, they didn't really work very hard to get names for this thing. So it's um, like, but you can tell like, the the creature effects are incredible like the the prosthetics on the night flyer the like when you finally get to see him full in the face it's unbelievable also not just the creature effects but the gore effects mm-hmm. i think the the decapitations look really good the severed heads look amazing the holes in the necks look really fucking great yes i don't know what that's supposed to fucking be but it looks great yes right. <laughs> like i don't know what that is like it's kind of stupid but it, at the same it, time it looks amazing but let i remember let me say, i remember when yeah, alan moore describes the the dracula like neck bite it didn't look like the two puncture wounds it was like scarring like heavy scarring like like mm-hmm. the, the characters that had been bitten had been gored almost oh, i think it's like sc- the- i think the two like just really hollow black holes yeah like, empty looking I, that's scarier to me it is like it's like almost like ash or something it's almost like he he took his hand and the claws on that hand and like made kind of a pointed fist and just plunged them in and they just put his whole mouth over it or maybe just ripped out the side of their neck with his teeth and just sucked all the blood out that way. Who knows? Like it's, it's brutal. It's far more brutal than, you know, just the romantic Bella Lugosi twin puncture. It does look good. Neck. Like I say, it's not my preferred, but it looks great. It looks, fun- it looks phenomenal. fantastic. Yeah, it looks fantastic. But let me say that's not look all like Miguel Ferrer. We love him. We love him we so do. much. And we he does do. his best in this movie. He's doing and he's doing the Lord's the, work. He really the is. The effects are phenomenal, but I still can't say that you should watch this movie because of that. Right. If you want to, it's on YouTube. It's not worth it. If you want to, it's on YouTube. Watch apparently the second link it. is apparently higher quality than the first. You want the one that's widescreen, not the four by three one, because the four by three one uh tops out at three sixty P. Yeah, and the widescreen one, one is at least standard edition, and I'd say about seventy five percent of the time, it does not look like noticeably bad. Seventy five percent of the time, it works every time. Yeah, dude. But yeah, I it smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. That was you. You did. I that. did. I did. I fucking you. Did. 
That's my favorite Will Ferrell movie. Can I just say that? That is my favorite Will Ferrell movie. I'm going to allow it. And I and appreciate it, that. Most of that is because of Paul Rudd. I do love what yeah. Paul Rudd is doing in that movie. Yes. As as I get older, I realize that Paul Rudd is way funnier than Steve Carell in that movie. Uh, Paul Rudd is so subtle because all of the characters that he plays, you could believe them uh-huh. like doing those things and saying those things. He's such a believable, like that guy. Exactly. And relatable too. Like it's kind of, he's kind of perfect. We should, we should. There, I don't think there's Paul a role Rudd you can throw at Paul Rudd. Let's do it. What do we got? I have no idea. Like legit. I, I have no idea. I don't did know. Ant, I'm did Ant Man ever get a sequel? Dude, he got two sequels, dude. Oh, fuck. Got Anne the Wasp and my favorite Star Wars movie, Quantumania. Quantumania was so bad. Um, Oh, fuck you, dude. I like that movie. I like to lie. so I, much fun with that I, I know. He's in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We could probably cover that. Hey, that's the Lonely Island one, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Ugly Sonic? Uh, did you see that? Uh, no, I that did. That was great, or, dude. You should see it. It's pretty fantastic. I mean, I did see the movie. I don't remember Ugly really Sonic. Good. John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as Chippendale, respectively. Uh, it's directed by... Um, is it Akiva Schaefer or Yorma Tacombe that directs that one? I think it's Yorma that usually directs. So actually it was Akiva Schaefer. Yeah, I was going to say he is the director of the group, so it would make more sense. It would make more sense for him to have directed than Yorma for sure. I, I get them mixed up because they go they both have uh, very unique names. And neither of them are Andy Sandberg. Uh, that's also true. But still, still a big fan. Hey, Steven, fuck this movie. Let's let's bring this. Let's bring this home. <laughs> let's bring it on home, dude. Was there Is box it... office for this? I know it premiered on HBO, but I heard it had a small theatrical run. So it's got to be some money. It right? did. There, and there was there was, in fact, a little bit of money for this movie. And that little bit is the reason why it didn't get that sequel that we talked about earlier. Um, as we mentioned, how before, did it do? What were the ratings on HBO, though? Uh, you have information I, on that? That I don't know. I don't even know where I would find TV ratings, to be honest with you. If you know Nielsen, where I can find TV ratings, like, like hit me up. N E I L S O N. Look, man. Oh, the <laughs> the no, why are we extending this episode? HBO no. uh, ratings. release ratings. Okay. Uh, what's it say? Hang on, hang on. 2.8 million viewers. Hang on. Fucking TV Guide has the reviews. Uh, the unimaginative vampire picture played on HBO, (laughs) right? Um, no rating. That's fine if there's no no ratings. I was just was just curious because I mean, this was released in theaters, which is why we're covering it, but it is a TV movie, correct? And I mean, we've done that before, but it's not something we tend to try to make a habit of, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, no, it, I don't know anything about the TV release, but it did, it released on HBO in November of, uh, 20 or I'm sorry of 1997, excuse me. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it did release on HBO in November, 1997. However, the theatrical release was February 6th, 1998 and the number one, was this like a limited 
run or was it wasn't it, wide it wasn't a wide release no sure. it was a fairly limited Select markets it did not crack a hundred thousand dollars in the well, domestic box office it got 91.5 thousand dollars in uh in the theatrical box office so it did not really do much it was distributed by new line um and the number one movie in America on February 6th, 1998 was the biggest movie of the previous year, still riding fucking high, having grossed over $300 million in 50 days. Um, that's the number of days in release, not weeks in release. For Oh, I'm on the daily chart. That's why. Fuck. Hang on Duh. a second. Let me pull up the right fucking Golly. chart. Pull your head out of your ass, Steven. I, someone needs to. <laughs> God. Um, look, man. Look, man. You got this. I believe in you. I'm glad someone does because Lord knows I don't. Um, eight weeks in release. It has earned $337.4 million. Do you know what the biggest movie of 1997 was, Tucker? Oh. It was. It's one of those instances of the highest grossing movie also winning the Oscar. Can I get one clue? Give me one clue. Um, it features a one of the biggest actors of the late '90s, early 2000s. Who it's a Will Smith movie, isn't it's it? It's not a Will Smith movie. He was no. a he was a heartthrob. Every oh, girl our February. age. Every girl our age fucking loved this guy. Jonathan Taylor Thomas? No, the other one <laughs> that every girl our age fucking loved. The one that was in movies, not TV. John, uh, fucking, um, he's River still, Phoenix? He's still Jonathan making Brandis. movies. He's still making movies to this day. He's still a major box office Corey draw. Feldman? In fact, he was in a movie. No, that's he was, not he is a, he is a favorite of one of our favorite directors. He's a favorite actor of one of our favorite directors. Oh, is it Leo? It's Leo. What was Leo's big 1997 movie, Tucker? Was it Titanic? Straight up Titanic. James Cameron's Titanic. For eight weeks in a row, it has earned over three hundred million dollars in the in the domestic box office it earns 23 million this weekend alone i saw that at the movie theater and boy my mom was embarrassed when there was some boobies mm, the boobies uh i saw that one for the first she ain't expect that two to three years ago and uh <laughs> was kind of like why did i not see this before this movie straight up rules it's pretty all right yeah it's not really my my cup of tea but like it's cool it's rad no sure. it's 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 a great like uh here's the thing about jim cameron uh dude knows how to make movies he's pretty good at making movies yeah he is he is good, straight up good at making movies in the second spot an early antoine fuqua film starring our buddy chow yun fat and the great Mira Sorvino, The Replacement Killers oh, at yeah. number two, opening this weekend to $8 million. Yeah, Not bad. In third place, after 10 weeks in release, uh, it remains steady at third place. It will win the Best Screenplay Oscar for its very young, up-and-coming screenwriters who would go on to become famous actors, and one of them a director in his own right, Good Will Hunting. How do you hey. like... Them apples, Tucker. How do you like applesauce, bitch? Applesauce, bitch. Uh, in fourth place, the other new release this weekend. It is Blues Brothers 2000, a movie that PB2K, bitch. You and I and Brett covered on the Uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash disenfranchised. I strongly mentioned that. 
strongly like that movie. I don't want to really say I will. love it because I I come right up to loving it, but I mm-hmm. strongly I have strong feelings for that film. You is do. it good? No, but yeah. I sure do like it a whole lot. You sure do. I do. John Goodman is just he's a national treasure. Anyway, what was the next one there? In fifth and fifth this week is Great Expectations. Uh, those expectations, boy, they sure are great. With, wasn't uh, Gwyneth Paltrow in that or some shit? That is. Uh, let me double check here. That is the one, yes. That's Gwyneth Paltrow, Ethan Hawke, Robert De Niro, Anne Bancroft, uh, Chris Cooper, Hank Azaria, Gabriel Mann, Alfonso Cuaron directed that motherfucker. I gotta I gotta say something. Like you you might see me as not the fanciest dude, but I saw that movie. No big deal. Right on. Whatever. I liked it. Right on. I'm straight up a man of culture. Like sure. Oh. Sometimes, yeah. I like basket cakes, but I'll also get down to some Billy Shakes, you know? Sure, sure. No big whoop. Rounded. The modernized Hamlet with Ethan Hawke and Bill mm-hmm. Murray. Oh, that's, that's a good one, dude. I love that movie. I love the soundtrack, too. Holy yeah, dude. Shit. More Chibas on that bitch. That's mm-hmm. ooh, it's a good soundtrack. It's a good movie, too. Go see that underrated, like, never talked about, never thought about by any human being, um, early 2000s. Re, uh, modernization of Hamlet with Ethan Hawke. Just go see it. You heard it here, probably third, folks. Um, rounding out our top that ten, too. as and number six, as good as it gets. Uh, number yeah. seven, Spice World. It gets better. Yeah. Number eight, Wag the Dog. Oh, with Dustin Hoffman. I like yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah. Seen that movie, Steve? I have not. That's a Barry Levinson joint. That's another kind of people. It was big for a second, and mm-hmm. then everybody fucking forgot about it. For exactly a second. Yep. Uh Dustin Hoffman and It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it's I've heard it's good. I've not seen it. I need to. Uh number nine, Desperate Measures. And number ten, future episode of this podcast, Deep Rising. Oh, I like that movie so much. R.I.P. Treat Williams, who did not die of old age. That's the saddest part. Like, you want somebody to die, like, of old age peacefully Mm -hmm. in their sleep. Motherfucker got in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, he did. Fuck that. That sucks. Right? Um, And some others, some deeper cuts. Uh, Eleven, Fallen. Uh, Number 13, Tomorrow Never Dies. Speaking of Pierce Brosnan. Fallen with, like, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. And John Goodman. Future episode of this podcast. Time is on my side. That's yes, the one. it is. I love um, that movie. That's that's the that's like one of those quintessential like seven. It's like the it's one of the thrillers you have to see from the nineties, right? Because the thriller was a whole different genre in the nineties, and it was. it was fantastic for sure. Ooh, there's some good shit in there. Throw some Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman in any of those motherfuckers. Oh, you're having a good time. Is. There it is. Number fourteen, <laughs> Mouse Hunt. And then all the way down. Oh, your boy Nathan Lane's in that movie. He is. I fucking love that movie. And number (laughs) the the first. How do I know this shit? The first Gore Verbinski movie. That's how do I know this shit? Das Boot. And number twenty-two past episode of this podcast. I know one you love. L.A. Confidential. I do love that movie. You do. You really. I was thinking about it tonight, actually. Oh, of course you were. But then, like, I started thinking about Undercover Brother, and now I can't stop thinking about Undercover Brother because I love that movie. Sure, sure. Uh, the Tomatometer score on this one is a 33% certified rotten. No, that's, thank you. Uh, that's a little more than fair, if I'm being honest. The the meta, the meta score is a 36 based on generally unfavorable reviews from seven critics. I'm being too nice. I mean, kind of. 
And the Letterboxd score, I got to pull it up here because my computer did a shitty, shitty thing. Um, the yeah. Letterboxd score is a 3.1. Too kind. Tucker, yes. out of five stars, how are you rating Stephen King's The Night Flyer? Look, this is one and a half stars for me, okay? It's 0. 0.75 stars for Miguel Ferrer and 0. 0.75 stars for KMB Effects. Outside of that, this movie can fuck right off and kiss my whole asshole. Uh, with the exception of it kissing my whole asshole, because I don't want to derive pleasure from this movie. <laughs> You're a bad man, Steven. I am terrible. Um... <laughs> Uh, it's a 1.5 for me as well. Like yeah, I dude, straight up motherfuck this movie. I don't like it. No, sir. Oh, I don't like it. I'm not anticipating that I'm going to like next week's film either, but I have a feeling I'm going to like it more than I like this. It's going to be an interesting conversation. At least it will it's, at that because we'll have the something 2013 like remake of the, and then there's the, it's right. That's what we're doing next week. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to be vague about it, but yeah. Yeah. Like, you say 2013 look, remake and everyone pretty much clicks it. Look, Steven, I don't know. I don't know uh, if you're necessarily going to like it, but you will have a lot to say about it that I can tell you. That I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And you would, you would be an Brett interesting conversation. I, regardless I of whether or not Brett is too. able to join us next week, we're going to have to get the band together to talk rage carry Two on the Patreon. So, yes, I refuse to do it without all of us. Here. I know. You I, won't, do. I, won't I know you do because you're that guy. It's because look, it's, it's a, it's a movie I love and I, I want to share with you guys, guys, my friends. <laughs> and I want you both here for it. Let me, it. let me ask you a question, Tucker. And yeah. I want you to be a hundred percent honest with me when I ask you this question. Yeah, okay. How many times have you seen the rage carry to this month? This month, you'll be surprised to find out. I've only watched it five times this month. Only five. Only five, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. That's only and a couple times a week. That's not a lot. That's a lot of time between. Friends. That's, like, that's, mm. I mean, you've also been watching the entirety of True Detective and some other yeah. things that people will need to go check out our most recent episode of What Are We Watching to that find Patreon, out about. Man. So much context. You got to hit that Patreon. You really do, guys. There's so there. much. Seven day trial. We still got the seven day trial going on, Stephen? As far as I know. You can still do. As far as I, I know. Seven day trial, dude. You'll you'll have enough stuff for seven days to where I think at the end of those seven days, you'll be like, yeah, this is worth what, $5 a month. You'll want to re-up. You will. Like, there's some good, good uh, look. I would still be a patron if I could afford it, but uh, for right now I can't. Yeah. I hope to afford it soon. Yeah. And once I can't sad afford it again, there, I will be. I'm look. No one's more sad than I am to lose it. And but I'm still, one of these days. I think to make up for it, I think we'll have to fast track the Zelda Rubenstein uh, soundboard. We will. I think they took away stretch goals on Patreon, so we don't have Too it bad. anymore. But we it's really a spiritual sh stretch goal should put that on. We committed to it, is what I'm saying. We did we committed to it. We absolutely did. You're right. We're right. We and we, we, we advertised. It. People came. We met the goal. They they look. We still have 10, 10 patrons that are that are paying us right now. So we at least ten. Put, we no, we do, and we should put it out. Yeah, it's got it's got to go out at some point. Look, so no rush. I'm just saying it's got to happen. That's the night flyer, everybody. That is that is the thing. Um, you can you can watch. I it's wish not, it was a thing. It's not streaming anywhere. You can no. find you can it, watch on it on YouTube. YouTube. You can watch it on you if you really want to watch it uh, and see those really cool creature effects and and watch the late great Miguel Ferrer. 
Uh, I don't know why. You, I don't know why you'd want to. I don't know that it's worth it, but you no, can watch it on YouTube. It's not worth it. Look, my roommate is the probably the only person in the world whose favorite kind of movie is a late '80s or '90s Stephen King adapted TV film. Sure, it's very very specific genre. Very. She's specific. a huge a fan specific. of this genre. She loved the Tommy Knockers. Love the t- the Langoliers, yeah, dude. She eats that shit up. Rose red, yes. Okay. Now some of those do slap, but sure. um, like she loves all that shit. But like specifically the TV adaptations, and like I'm not even gonna recommend this motherfucker to her because I feel mm. like I would offend her. Like I might make her mad if I made her watch this movie. Dude, can I ask you a question? You can cut this out if you want. You may. You may. When are we gonna have your roommate on the podcast? Uh, well, here's the thing. <laughs> So, I knew it was going to be one of these. I knew it was going to be one of these. As as some people know, my roommate is my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And, like, we cool. We real cool. Like, we friends and shit. Like, we got each other's back. Like, uh, you it, root it's, together. You kind of have to be, yeah. It's kind of a... Um, it's more of a sibling kind of relationship now. Right. Like we don't, we don't always hang out. Like we're good roommates because we give each other a lot of space, you know, like we do interact and we hang out sometimes and stuff, but I wouldn't say that we're real great friends, but like I said, it's more of a sibling relationship. And, Mm -hmm. and that being said, um, I can be a bit much for her these days. You a bit much. No. And discuss sometimes because she's been like, Oh man, I love that movie. I should come on and talk about it. And I'm like, should you though because <laughs> because don't discourage like, her man after well no after about five minutes she'd be out like really if for me being completely myself and unhinged uh, like, you are you do get pretty unhinged on these motherfucking she things, would yeah. she'd be done after about five minutes that's why i tell her i'm like yo do you want to do you want to listen to me talk like at my tookiest uh-huh. for two hours yeah, I didn't fucking think so. You really like, are at your tookiest for most of these. Yeah. Now true. she she would be a good she would be a good fill in for me. Okay. Like if I for some reason could not be here, that would be fun. But I I don't know. I mean, I, it, it, maybe at some point. I don't know. Just, I don't, just, I don't know, just let her know. Like, the the option is is if if she if she's up for it, we would love to have her. I don't know if it. I think if it's something that we agreed on enough that she's as enthusiastic about as I am, because okay. she does get as nerdy and obsessive about some things. It's just not. It's not as broad of a spectrum as it is with me. She's Which hyper specific sense. about that things, makes, and that's totally cool. That makes. And if it were something that we completely saw eye to eye on, we're completely freaking out about, then she would be in a in a very rare instance nerding out just like me so we would we would have a good time but outside of that nah dude she 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 cannot sanction my buffoonery and look in normal circumstances i don't fucking blame her i'm a lot dude i'm a lot there are times i can't sanction your buffoonery so i (laughs) I am a fucking lot (laughs) you are but look so am i not for everybody nor am i The fact that I have found someone who could put up with my bullshit at all, a, yeah, gift, from, a gift from the Lord Almighty, quite yeah, frankly. Um, yeah. 
So I get it. Uh, trust me, I get it. Like there, there are times when I worry that I am too much for anyone. Uh, and again, yeah. another reason why I'm amazed that people listen to this shit at all. Um, but but again, let her know if there's any, if there's anything she wants the to cover. Open. Yeah. The door is always open. We would love to have her on. Okay. So right. just throwing that out there. Um, okay, okay. But yeah, this is the disenfranchised podcast. Look, if you don't know. Now, you know, this is what we are. This is what we do. We got another Stephen King. Uh, we're going to finish out the King and Ing next week. I don't know if Brett's going to be here or not. Brett might, Brett might have had a, a, a you know, a, an unfortunate run in at prom next week. I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? But, but maybe his friends what, left him at the pig farm. Maybe they did. Here's what I do know though. Here's what I know. You can find, you can reach out to us at disenfranchpod at gmail.com. You can let us know what you think of us. You can uh, you can request a future episode. We've actually got two listener requests coming up within the first quarter of this year. And one you can of them, send us. One Go of ahead. them is actually going to include the person that suggested it is going to guest on this podcast. Hey, that's that's how I that's how I am where I am today. That's true. If we not know saying that's good. Like, come on, don't don't get your hopes up because it's no. not going to happen to you. I'm just saying that's how you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if, if I, if I've met oh, you in person, for my spot, if I've met you in person and I think you're a cool person, then yeah, come on on. But, uh, if not, then, I mean, I may have met you online and think you're a cool person, but I'm not gonna have you on the podcast. I love you though. Um, I'd be willing to have a rando from the internet on. I potentially, yeah, potentially we'll, we'll consider it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Depends. Not this year though. Not this Depends. year. In the immortal, in the immortal words, uh, from, from the great, great film, they live not this year not this year um but um but yeah we got two of those coming up so look we try to if you request a film we really do try to put it on the schedule it gets in the rotation we don't know how long it's going to take but it's it's going to happen like we're we're, that we can guarantee you the schedule is a the schedule is a living organism like it's constantly changing to meet our needs like we had we had one of them that we're going to get to in march we had one of those on the schedule from December last year and we had to push it because of some some unforeseen yo there's shit that you like for example galaxy quest that you that you guys even before I was on here you guys have been trying to do from the beginning it's been scheduled so many times it has. I think that's probably the most canceled episode of the kind entire of. series kind of yeah every couple months galaxy quest pops up and then it just kind of disappears and we just kind of push it yeah it's not even on the schedule anymore we've, we've no. kind of no it's we not gave up. we gave up we kind of gave up i need i need to reach out to the person i want to have on as a guest because i think he would be Please an do. i fucking love that movie guest. Um, one of the, one of the most hardcore Trekkies I know he's been a Trek fan longer than I've been alive. Uh, man is a fucking legend. I want to have him on so bad. I just, that's a movie. Like I challenge anyone to not like that movie. It's so good. It's so like, even if you're not a sci-fi fan, even if you don't know a lot, you know, about the, the Star Trek references and stuff like that. It's still a fantastic movie. It's so good. Your it's girl so good. from fucking Josie and the Pussycats is in that movie. Uh, oh, yeah, what's your fucking name? Missy uh, Pyle. Yes, I was gonna say Sissy. I'm thinking Urban Cowboy over here. Like, <laughs> foolish, foolish. Yeah, you know. Well, you know what else you can do? You can hit us up on you know wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you if you find us on there, give us a five star rating and review. That is so helpful for us. 
honestly, it's probably the 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 second best way that you can support us as podcasters uh, outside of giving us money. Speaking of which, if you do want to give us money, we've mentioned it several times in this episode, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. You can find our weekly What Are We Watching podcast. You can find... Uh, you get early access to know what we're covering on the main feed. So at the beginning of every month, we tell you what we're planning on covering. Now that may change. It does fairly frequently, but we'll let you know what we're planning on at any rate. Um, and we also occasionally throw you a bonus episode. Like this month, we're planning an unenfranchised on the Rage Carry 2, which we mentioned earlier. Hit that Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you access to hours, days of content even. Uh, behind that paywall. So hit us up, disenfranchpod or patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. Um, you can also find us on social media. We're at disenfranchpod on Blue Sky, Facebook, Instagram, X, and YouTube. We are Tell them on- about the YouTube, Stephen. Tell them about the YouTube. We have a YouTube. Look, Tucker works <laughs> so hard every week to convert our episodes onto a video format. You get to rendering look at the- tapes time. Yep. It takes get, so much fucking time. You get to look at the logo that I personally, Stephen Foxworth, the guy you're listening to That's right now, guy. talk. I designed that motherfucker. You get to watch and it. And despite having no graphical design training, this man can make a, a pretty good logo. I pretty have, fucking good. I have made every, every logo that you see for this podcast, both on Patreon and on the main feed, is a thing that I've made. So, and I don't hate any of them. No, and Tucker is picky as shit. I am, especially when it comes to graphical design, because I'm a like, big like like a band poster, like show poster nerd. On the upcoming, what are we watching? I make him critique my uh, my logo for his show straight up, his That's quarterly show that, straight up. We did that on mic. I forgot. We about did that, that on mic. Yeah, and uh, you get to you get to hear him react in real time to the thing that I sent him. And yeah, this uh, is real life, you guys. Spoiler alert: He liked it. I did so like you, it. You will probably see that on an upcoming episode of Straight Up. Not what uh, I had in mind, but it won me over. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. Um, but yeah, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. Absolutely fucking hit us up. Make sure you check that YouTube out uh, and see that Subscribe logo. Subscribe to the YouTube. Like, even if you don't watch the videos, which that is kind of the preferred way. First of all, like, watch the video. But also... Like, YouTube's like, the only platform that we're on where the streams of the content actually matters towards us, like getting into an algorithm or something. Otherwise it's like ratings, Apple comments, you know, Spotify as well, but yes. Yeah. It would just look, we, we do such weird business on YouTube because it seems like every other episode like does really well. And then the one in between gets zero to two views. Right, 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 right. And then all of a sudden, one will get 200 views. Then we'll be back to, like, no views. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, some consistency. I just want to get this shit out to people who would enjoy it. Like, that's the whole point of it is to, like, entertain people and uh, make them forget the world is on fire for a couple hours, you know? But, yeah. Let's have a good time. Let's have a good we time. Are, we are absolutely 100% on YouTube. Check us out there. Check us out on all our social media platforms. Um and just, you know, I, I said X. We're not really on X anymore. I kind of got us off no, X. I don't X. know why I said that. Yeah. Fuck Elon. Fuck X. Uh-huh. Um, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I'm Stephen Foxworthy. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but I am. And you can find me on Blue Sky. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Letterboxd. 
Letterbox is the other one we're on at Disenfranch Pod. But you can find me on Letterbox at Chewy Walrus. You can find our absent friend Brett Wright at sus underscore warlock on Letterbox and Instagram at sus warlock on Blue Sky. Tucker, where can we find you, sir? Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Instagrams at ice909 that's i-c-e-n-i-n-e the number zero and the number nine uh also on instagram you can check out tuck mugs like we well, there was a bit of a hiatus the there for a while just because you know uh, i i let the staff go home for the holidays and stuff and so we had some things to sort of catch up on we're still kind of catching up on the holidays i still do have one post uh uh, in the chamber ready to go in the next couple of days that is from the holiday break i was gonna say so, that's that's another guest mug right it is another guest mug and then after that i have plans on on posting uh, of one of my mugs strangely oh, enough it's been a while good. i know it has but, you know yeah. <laughs> could i have could i have myself a mug as well so that's pretty exciting i i really like the way uh it, it's it's coming together um, that's where you can find me on social media. Uh, you were talking about Letterbox, and it made me remember my rushes I got in my uh, email mm-hmm. earlier today, Stephen. And can I read you my favorite? Please, my favorite Circle City Supernatural review ever. I I think I know exactly which one you're talking about because it's one that Joseph and I actually looked at yesterday when we were recording a a promo. Nick Caesar gives it two and a half stars. And he said, yes, it's like Ned Flanders made a Tales from the Crypt for $20. Yep. I love that description. I Honestly, love it. I was talking to Joseph yesterday, and he said that he wanted to use that as a pull quote. Yeah, put it on the Blu-ray. Put it on the poster. Like, Yeah. Please. Yeah. No, I'm all for yeah. it. Like, we I absolutely want to so do it. I love that so much. We absolutely want to do it. Yeah. I think no. I, I was making my daughter dinner when I read that. And like, I had to stop cutting her sandwich and laugh <laughs> for like probably three to four minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, Joseph and I were, we were literally recording something that's going to be it. If you follow endless, the endless elsewhere <laughs> podcast, this will have dropped on your feet already. But oh, we're shit. recording. A, to that. We're recording a promo. It, it's dropping tomorrow as of the date of this recording. Oh, fuck. Or tonight, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Check now. Maybe it's up there. Um, but we were recording something yesterday for that. And um, in between recordings, we were going through the Letterboxd reviews to see if there were any new ones. And we, I, he, I read him that one, and we both just fucking lost it. We That's, had, I love such, it. That's we had clever. such a fun laugh over that. So, so yeah. perfect. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah that's great it was great Quite enjoyed i had to mention great. that just because when you were talking about we're on letterboxd and shit i instant i hadn't thought about it since that i've been doing other shit yeah I had to watch this terrible fucking movie you did so and- did i we both did <laughs> both of us did we know brett's probably not watching it oh lucky lucky guy what a I'd guy. rather be in like uh, constant meetings all day right? instead of <laughs> Instead watching, of watching this, this fucking shit. movie like if i could get out of watching this movie yeah right yeah 100 percent, man yeah 100 percent. absolutely as long as it's like catered by jamie johns or something oh know? that'd be good dude i fucking i miss jimmy johns 
Jimmy John's is my jam, dude. Even since I've been a vegetarian, like you get the double provolone, extra lettuce and sprouts, dude. Cover it in mm. mayo. Doesn't matter, dude. Because I was doing that before and I couldn't even taste the meat because there was so much provolone and sprouts and lettuce on it. Provolone, sprouts, and lettuce, dude. So that's no big change for me. Right on. Perfect. Right veto, my friend. Well, hey, that is our episode on the Nightflyer. We got one more episode in the King and Ing, the drawing of three. So come back next week for that. I'm sure you have no idea what it is because we've been really bad about hinting. Wink about what that Julianne Moore is in it carry on my friends carry on (laughs) in the meantime I have been your host Stephen Foxworthy for my co-host Tucker and the absent Brett Wright until next time yes we know what you had to do we know how cold those slabs get and yet still we don't fucking care Nightflyer